Thank you for listening to this talk produced by the Art Gallery of South Australia. I think we'll just begin if everybody is ready. So, Mani Nabudni, it's so nice to see you all here. And I do want to begin by acknowledging the AGSA Ghana Yutunga UND. AGSA stands on Ghana land. So, my name is Elle Freak, and I'm the Associate Curator of Australian Paintings and Sculpture here at the Art Gallery. And it's also my privilege to be the curator of this exhibition, Dushan and Boy Tamarik's Realists at Sea. So this exhibition has been many years in the making and I'm not the first curator to see the significance of the artist's work and to pitch the idea of uh, doing this major survey exhibition. So the artists have not exhibited together since 1949. So this is the first major exhibition of their work since 1949. And as you can imagine, that means it's also the first major survey of their work, looking at their early work from the 1940s all the way through to their work of the 1990s. So yes, it's the first major survey of their art. Um, and with that said, it is ambitious. It's big. There are many galleries to go through, and really the intention of the exhibition was to show the diversity of their art making, to show the experimentation that they enjoyed across diverse media, and to really allow you to travel with them through time. So it is loosely chronological, and we trace six decades of their unwavering commitment to their art. The idea of a thematic thread throughout the exhibition came to me quite early on. I was very lucky to be working on this show during the time of COVID, which of course we're still in, but at the height of COVID, where we were all staying inside. I had already started working on the exhibition. It was supposed to be for November last year. And then there was obvious delays and a, a kind of a reshuffling of the program. And so the opportunity came up to make the exhibition larger and to bring it down into these exhibition spaces. And I was asked, can you do it? You'll get more time, but you'll have three times the space. And I said, definitely. And now I can't imagine doing it upstairs at all. I think that the space is more than filled with over 200 works drawn from public and private collections across the country. And there were many works that I also didn't include. So the artists were really prolific. They were experimenting and producing work all the way up into a few days before their death in the 1990s. So I brought the exhibition down here and I spent my days thinking about the exhibition from home. I didn't have their works to look at. I had their diaries and their notebooks and their poetry. And I was working with a translator called Eleanor Gartner who was translating from Czech to English all of those little personal notes. And for me, I started to see their work in an entirely new way, in a new light, through their own words and their own inner thoughts and feelings that they were expressing to themselves in their own notebooks. So throughout the exhibition, you see those little personal notes um, presented in the wall text, but also on the walls themselves, like in this first exhibition space, where I've included um, quotes from their notebooks held, uh, kept during their voyage to Australia. So in those notebooks, the idea of the sea kept coming up and coming to the surface. So both artists were really interested in the kind of romance and metaphor and the mysteries associated with the sea. They talk 
about the sea in their voyage notebooks, but they also kept returning to it throughout their lives. So during their voyage, they talk, they speak about the sea as a kind of a companion, but also as something that they're up against during their journey to get here to Australia, which was very long and full of many delays. Dushan talks about the sea as something that he has to wrestle with. And then at other times he says, I wanted to join the waves in all their wonderful efforts. Voiter's notebook during the journey is also full of references to the sea, as well as his longing to be reunited with his love, Vera. So both artists were deeply in love with their future wives during the voyage. Dushan met Helena on board the SS Charlton Sovereign, and Voiter already knew Vera, his future wife, but they were separated. So his notebook and his paintings are talking about his love for Vera, and in one passage he said, I'm decanting the infinite sea with a spoon so as to be closer to you. So these artists are deeply romantic, introspective, deep thinkers, um, and I really felt like I got to know them better through their words, their, their poetry and their prose. So the sea also informs their work and their lives in Australia. So they arrive in Australia in late 1948 and they decided to move to Adelaide. Um, they moved to Adelaide on the recommendation of a woman working in the Bathurst migrant camp where they were, where they were staying when they first arrived. She said it was the most beautiful city in all of Australia because she had spent her, her honeymoon here in Adelaide. And unfortunately, the artist didn't agree with her once they moved here. And Vera said, I couldn't believe it was the capital of a state. So they moved to Adelaide. They, they moved around a little bit throughout the next five decades here in Australia, but they always came, uh, they always came back to Adelaide. So Dushan, during the 1950s, decided to relocate to New Guinea. And there he was working on the surface of the sea on boats. At the same time, Voita decided to move to Kangaroo Island. And in Kangaroo Island, he worked as a lighthouse keeper along with Vera and their then two young children. So again, the idea of water and the kind of creative and spiritual forces of nature come through their work and through their lives. So in this exhibition, you begin here with the voyage, you go through another thematic, which is called love and liberty, and then you enter the island space where we're looking at their time in these island settings. And really what emerges on the other side of that little period in the 1950s is an entirely new outlook on life, voided devotes himself to making ecclesiastical sculpture, expressing his deep-seated faith, and Dushan enters an incredible, incredibly prolific period making surrealist films and animations. So between 1952 and 1975, Dushan produced over 50 films, and that includes some of the earliest surrealist films produced in Australia. So as you move through, you'll see a space devoted to those two periods in the artist's lives. You then move through another space which is really looking at the importance of nature in the artist's work, and it's a space called the Kurong. And there, Dushan, has, we've included works by Dushan that look at his more abstract explorations. So the artist was very interested in found materials throughout his entire life, and at that time he said he was floating on the water of the Kurong, and he, he felt an out-of-body experience. He said the Kurong decomposed him and made something new of him. 
So in the 60s and 70s, we see him exploring the theme of the Kurong, but it, it's not a, a landscape of the Kurong that he's expressing, it's an inner landscape. So as you move through the entire exhibition, you really see the artists pouring their insides out into works that then become a way for you to have your own liberating experience. So you go through the Kurong, and then at the very end of the exhibition is a thematic called The Deep. And The Deep was the best way that I could describe Duchamp's explorations of the theories of time and space, because he went really deep, and he took me there with him. During COVID, I spent days trying to understand the fourth dimension. Duchamp kept a notebook in the 70s called Books About Time that was on the front cover. And it's pages and pages of him looking at the theories of time and space, quoting other authors, and then reinterpreting other people's quotes in his own words and for his own feelings at the time. So his favourite book was called A Key to the Enigmas of the World, and it was by Peter Ospinsky, and it was published in 1912. And Ospinsky was really quite fascinating in exploring the mysteries of the world by posing questions to his audience and to his reader. He wasn't giving you necessarily the answers, but he was proposing or posing questions. And Duchamp does the same thing in his work. So at the very end of the, gal of the exhibition, you see works titled When Is Now and Just Before We Know, uh, works that are interested in that elusive realm on the other side of the surface of reality. And both artists were really united in that exploration. I think I've said in the wall text that they were both united in their exploration of the very mysteries of the human heart and mind. They didn't necessarily need to pin things down for you. And so I've tried to do the same in this exhibition. The exhibition hopefully gives you space and breath to kind of come to their works in your own way. At the very, very end of the exhibition is a work, is a thematic called The Self Observing the Self. And this is really looking at the artist's late works. So in this final space, we're looking at how the artists in their final years were really negotiating their changing relationships to their bodies. So both artists suffered long and debilitating illnesses towards the end of their lives. Voita had a car accident in 1973 and the ongoing result of that was a lessening of his vision. So his final works, he's returning to early drawings made in the 1950s and reproducing them in copper. And likewise, Duchamp returns to early memories and ideas and starts reinterpreting them in new works near the end of his life. He suffered from kidney disease and had to undergo regular dialysis. And in the last space, you see him drawing his fragmented body and seeing it merge with nature. And those drawings he produced in a hospital bed in Tasmania and then also here at Flinders Hospital. But I've been interested in the last few days, you know, the exhibition is now opened and you work in this kind of vacuum and then you release it to the world and you start hearing opinions of other people. You know, I was unsure if the challenge of the brothers' work, which is really a, a kind of uncensored and raw nature of their work in, in that they reveal, uh, you know, their deepest inner fears and anxieties and pain. I was wondering if that may be too much for people or I just wondered how that would be received. And a lot of people have commented that there's a positive spin to their work. And I, I have felt that as well. So even though that, that those late works are, you know, on, on one level quite sad, on the other, 
what the artists were interested in is looking at the interconnectedness of the world. They saw in death life, and Dushan actually said that himself. He wrote, um, you know, in the midst of death, as you say, we are in life. And so there is this kind of positive spin towards um, the end of their lives as well as at the beginning. So that's just a quick little, if it was as if we were just walked through the exhibition very, very quickly. But I just thought I might just come back to the core ideas of the exhibition again and just talk to you a little bit about the artist's interest in surrealism and also what was the response in those early years to their work. So both artists were really guided by the ideas of surrealism and that was really... Um, absorbed by them during their formative years studying in Prague. So both artists grew up in Czechoslovakia. They grew up in a part of Czechoslovakia where they were immersed in nature. It's referred to as Czech paradise. It's a geological rich environment and their early education included the study of gems and precious stones and jewellery and glass. So they were creative from the very beginning. It was also in Prague where Czech surrealism thrived. So as the artists were growing up, Czech surrealism was really happening. And so many have argued that it was in Prague, well, Prague was kind of the second centre of surrealism after Paris. So a Czech surrealist group formed in 1934, which was around the time that the artists were coming into their teens and Wojta began to study in Prague. And Czech surrealism is really quite fascinating. I didn't know a lot about it before I began this exhibition, but there are some key defining features of Czech surrealism that I've seen re-emerge in the brothers' work. So the idea of love, of desire, and poetry really informs Czech surrealism, and I think that has also informed the brothers' art. So they were working in Prague and connected to the avant-garde, and surrealism was the language of those days. Then they arrived in Adelaide. So they were devoted to surrealism. Dushan declared himself a surrealist at the age of 14. So that's quite an incredible commitment that he kept until the end of his life. When they were in Adelaide, Wojta started writing about surrealism in his notebooks. And in one passage, he said, surrealism is like turning the artist inside out. And he said that it was almost a, a process almost physical. In another passage, he said that surrealism is seeing not only with eyes in eye holes, but opening new eyes in knees, in throat, in palms. So you get this sense of it being a full sensory experience where, as I said before, your inner memories and ideas and emotions are being poured out into the work before you. So their first exhibitions were, were new. <laughs> it was new to audiences to see artists so devoted to the ideas of surrealism. Surrealism was known in Australia during the 1930s. The work of Dali had even been exhibited here in Adelaide at the Art Gallery of South Australia. And actually, Adelaide audiences were quite receptive to those international examples of surrealism. However, Dushan and Wojta's first exhibitions were met with puzzlement, criticism, and censorship. So the work just over to my left, that's from the Art Gallery of South Australia's collection, was one of those works deemed incomprehensible and obscene. And it was actually removed from display in a very early group exhibition that the artists were a part of through the Contemporary Art Society. 
It was removed from display apparently on the grounds of obscenity and also due to the, um, the framing. The framing wasn't up to scratch. So, of course, the artists during their journey were using whatever material that they could put their hands on. And in this particular example, Dushan has worked on the two sides of the ship's gaming table, stripped of its felt covering. So he's created here on one side the work Equator and on the other side a work called Perpetuum Mobile. And so Perpetuum Mobile was the work that I think received the most criticisms. You have to have a look when you get back up up and around, but it's a painting where the scenes of life and death are positioned next to each other and are almost in a, a conversation with each other. And at the very middle is a machine-like form that is suggested to be kind of generating the cycle of life itself. So there's a cog wheel that's kind of operating a kind of organic form that seems to be making these images of life and death rotate and collide perpetually. And so on this particular side is an image of a figure reclining, recumbent in, in, in death and also in birth. And apparently Dushan was forced to edit some of the more explicit content of that particular image and of that, that image of the female figure giving birth in order to exhibit the work in another exhibition. On this side, Dushan stopped painting on Perpetua Mobile and then decided to start painting the equator. And that was to celebrate the crossing of the SS Charlton Sovereign into the equator, so in, in, through into the Southern Hemisphere. And that was apparently the painting that was used as the kind of poster to celebrate this crossing of the equator. And the celebrations included some pineapple juice given to all the passengers and also a ceremony of, of Queen Neptune, which I was able to find out through one of the descendants of one of the passengers. And there's this wonderful photograph in the publication where you see them celebrating, dressed up in costume, celebrating the crossing of the equator. So you'll notice that on this painting, Dushan has included some words. He says, break the mirror to see what I am. And so you can tell there, in addition to some of the elements of the painting that we can see, that their journey into the Southern Hemisphere also included a kind of journey and discovery towards the self or a self of higher consciousness. And you'll notice as well the artist's handprint pressed up against the painting, and that happens on both sides of the painting, this very forceful symbol of life and of the artist. And so you can see how it's a, a very personal work as well as exploring universal themes. And this is something to pick up in all of their works. There's usually touches of personal stories and memories and people, but ultimately they're really exploring universal themes of birth, death, love, life, of liberty, and so in the next exhibition space, I've actually highlighted two words, which is love and liberty. And they were words that Dushan included in a catalogue for his exhibition in 1953. He just put one page at the very end and said, love and liberty. And I think those ideas or those notions or states of being really informed their work and their experience here in Australia. So I've just given you a lot. <laughs> I think those early years in Adelaide, as I said, they received quite a bit of criticism, but they also received praise. And one of their most vocal supporters was the modernist Ivor Francis. 
1953, Ivor Francis wrote an article about Duchamp in particular, and he called it Neglected Genius. And he quoted a Thomas Gray poem, and he said, Duchamp would not be um, appreciated during his lifetime like a flower is born to blush unseen. And um, that unfortunately was true, that neither of the artists received great recognition or acclaim during their lifetime. And this is their first major survey exhibition. But I'm thrilled um, and honoured to be a part of this moment for them and also for their family. So Voyager's children, Olga Senki and Ivan Marek, were a huge part of putting this together. And so I will take this opportunity just to thank them and also the gallery for taking this chance on, on positioning these challenging artists back onto the pages of art history. So if there are any questions, I'd be happy to answer. So they included their work in group exhibitions through the Contemporary Art Society. And also they held their first and only joint exhibition in 1949 at the Adelaide University. So at the Sir George Murray Library, that's where they held their only joint exhibition. Um, and the reviews were fascinating, well, they're fascinating to read. Some of the headlines were weird art display by two Czechs. Others referred to their work as puzzle picture curiosities. And one reviewer said it will leave spectators unmoved by any reaction except why. And so Dushan actually put a poem into the Adelaide Advertiser in 1950 in response to some of the reviews. And it was a, a longer version of the inscription on, on the equator. And he asked people to break the mirror which changes your sides, empty yourself to see who you are. So they were, they were quite fascinating big characters in Adelaide. They had their own jewellery business called Marco. Voiter also saw a gap in contemporary art here and became the director of what was called the New Gallery. So they had a huge impact that we haven't really known about until really now. Thank you. Thank you.